doing well. Uh, it is um, Thursday, August 20th, uh, 2020, and this is Living on a Thin Line with uh, Tony Visick. Uh, I am the Tony Visick whose name is in the title. Uh, I just had to press a button here. Uh, I got to press one more button. Pardon me while I do all my button pressing uh, to bring us in on um, YouTube. We come to you every day, <clears throat> 2 p.m. Uh, Arizona time which normally is uh, Mountain Standard Time, but we don't do Daylight Savings Time, so we're actually Pacific Time. Now you don't know what time it is where you are. That's how confused you are. Uh, we come to you every day, 2 p.m. our time. Uh, this is your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla going on in the world today. We come to you on three platforms, Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com, YouTube, Comedy Schools, and... Um, and uh, also on Facebook Live. The show is based on three things. We do three things on a show. We actually do a multitude of things because we're breathing while we're doing it too. But you never count that. People go, what do you do? If you, someone says, you, what are you doing? You I'm breathing. They act like you're not doing anything. But you know what? Try to see how long you can hold your breath. And you go, just breathing. I'm doing something. Um, based mainly on three things. Uh, your questions or comments posted on one of the aforementioned social media platforms. And then we try to comment back or uh, answer the question. Uh, some memorabilia, something that we have laying around the house, an autograph, uh, a curio, a curiosity that we try to weave a story around. And then I normally um, recommend two artists or two pieces of music based off my vast vinyl album collection. A little about that before we move forward. When we started, we didn't think we would burn through every album that we have. And we have not. We still have maybe about 100 albums to go. But we're getting down to like a band or an artist we've already talked about three, four, five times since March, and we still got five of their albums. Bob Dylan would be one. Probably still have 20 Bob Dylan albums. Uh, jazz stuff, uh, a lot of stuff that is really esoteric. But we'll get into that. But we also then realized we're going to have to start going through our CD collection, which is just as large. And I'm kind of excited to be able to begin to recommend... Um, music and artists based off my CD collection because there's a lot of people I really love who I only have their CDs. I don't have their albums. Anyway, there's all of that. Hello, Don Shell. Hello, Jim Lacey. Jim Lacey is here to join the fun. You rock on too, sir. Fred Scott said, YouTube, you just just don't try to mail yourself through the United States Postal Service. I might. You know, I think that might be some sort of uh, exercise goal. Be thin enough to fit in a mailbox. Put a stamp on your ass and go... To Uruguay. By the way, that's my, uh, that's my outreach country, Uruguay. I've often said to my wife, we should just move to Uruguay. And I know nothing about it. Then I read about it. Doesn't sound like a bad place. But it's never like on people's minds in America. Nobody's ever sitting there going, what the fuck is going on in Uruguay right now? Did you see in the news about Uruguay? You never see it in the news or nothing. Paraguay, it shows up. You know, Colombia shows up. Chile shows up. Mexico shows up. Never Uruguay. And by the way, I do know that Mexico is part of Central America, not South America. But uh, when you think of all the South American countries, you never hear a damn thing about Uruguay. And one of these days, I just might do this show from Uruguay. I just might. If I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand, I can dream about Uruguay. What's going on in the news, ladies and gentlemen? Um, Democratic National Committee continues on tonight. Joe Biden. Joe Biden will... Um, Let's see, Don Shell said it's a small country. Yeah, I know it's a small country. Uruguay makes some of the world's greatest wines. Yes, you heard that right. Well, you know what? It doesn't help me, Jim, because I don't drink. 
you know, but uh, I'm glad to know that people know about it. Uh, Democratic National Convention continues tonight uh, when Joe Biden will uh, formally accept, make his acceptance speech to accept the uh, nomination of the Democratic Party to run as their standard bearer to be president of the United States. And, uh, you know, already the playbook coming from uh, the right is already ran thin. It's already ran thin. I mean, I know a lot of the uh, right wing is in jail right now. Maybe the writers are in jail, too, because uh, just the same boring. Oh, he has dementia. You know, if you watch Don old Trump for five minutes and you then try to tell me Joe Biden has dementia, then I'm going to tune you out. It's just ridiculous. It's just silly. I watched Brett Hume on Fox yesterday going, well, when you, I'm his age, you get to be this age, you, you, you miss a step or, or you put your underwear on your head instead of, you know, Brett, Brett Hume, if you have memory loss, if you have dementia, good, not good for you. Uh, I've never really cared for Brett Hume's commentary, but he has been uh, for a number of years now an avuncular pundit uh, um, in a sea of uh, bubble-headed blondes uh, convincing people to vote against their best interest on Fox. Um, Don Shells, do you have any comedy albums? Yeah, I've got about, I've got a lot of comedy albums. A lot. And that's going to be a separate thing we do, Don, and for the rest of you listening and watching, because I've got a boatload of comedy albums. And I, I mean, I've got some, uh, uh, I got some real doozies too. I got some stuff from back in the day. I've got a lot of Lenny Bruce, Dick Gregory, but we'll get to all of that. Um, the big news that I woke up to today, well, the news I went to bed to last night, which I found heartbreaking, was uh, that the Clippers somehow inexplicably lost to the Dallas Mavericks. And that was shocking to me. I did not watch the game last night. We were running a, uh, a really fun, really creative, just great comedy workshop on Zoom last night with so many of my friends, some of who are here, Randy and Kevin. Uh, and we had a great time. So I missed the game. Uh, I did peek at the score every once in a while between, uh, between presentations. But uh, they lost. So I said that the Clippers are going to take Dallas in five. So I now predict three more Clipper wins. They're not going to let that happen again. Then the big news that I woke up to this morning, which you may have woke up to this morning, was that Steve Bannon has been arrested on fraud charges, federal fraud charges. There was a charity started called We Build the Wall. I think that was the name of it. Started by a guy who had uh, served in the military and had lost his limbs uh, in a horrific attack. Uh, pretty conservative guy, pretty patriotic guy. Uh, misguided in this, I, I feel, but this was his business. And he said, all right, if we can't get Congress to pass laws to build a wall on our southern border i'm going to raise the money myself and it was kind of a disarray and steve bannon and uh, others of his ilk roger stone eric prince joined the board and started raising money and apparently apparently for all these fine folks who sent money in to we build the wall just like so many good people not people i agree with but good people sent money in the national rifle association they just pissed your money away on their own personal pleasure. They spent money on things they shouldn't have, personal things, all right? Spent it. They used it as their own personal piggy bank, and it caught up with them. I'm not surprised. 
to hear that. I was surprised to hear what happened with the National Rifle Association. You know, a weird thing happens, and we see it in Congress. We see it a lot. Not so much now because so many of the congressmen are wealthy, but with some. And the problem is when you're making 80000 a year, and most of the people you're talking to are multimillionaires, you start thinking you're a multimillionaire, and all of a sudden when you realize you're not, when you can't eat every night in that five-star restaurant, you start getting a little resentful, and that's when someone goes, well, there might be a way for you to be able to afford to eat in a five-star restaurant every night. Would you like to eat a five-star meal on a yacht sailing uh, in the Mediterranean while uh, uh, being on a junket uh, to a fact-finding mission to find out about water? Well, yes, I, and I, I have a right to. You know, and the line keeps getting pushed. So the, all this money comes in, and they go, you know, I'm doing good things. I'm building a wall. I'm making it so people can use automatic weapons and tanks and bazookas in their personal possession and fire them out their window if they see a stranger. So I should be able to get some of this money. There's just a way. Let's move this decimal here and that decimal there. And they fuck themselves. Wayne LaPierre and the National Rifle Association is a big trouble for stealing the dollars of hardworking Americans who believed in their cause. Now it appears it's Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon, by the way, is worse than Wayne LaPierre, and I'll tell you why. Because Wayne LaPierre was not a rich guy when he took over the National Rifle Association. He's not a rich guy. He's a rich guy now. The rich guy's going to go to jail, maybe. Maybe. Steve Bannon was a rich guy when he took over We Build the Wall. Steve Bannon was a showbiz guy. Steve Bannon made money off of Hollywood. It always cracks me up when the right wing goes, oh, we hate all you Hollywood people. Really? Well, Steve Mnuchin, your secretary of the treasury, he produced the Batman Lego movie. He produced a lot of movies. He was a movie producer. You don't believe me? Look at his wife. That's the wife of a movie producer. You look at his face, look at his wife, and if you never saw them before, you put them together in a picture. If you showed a picture of Steve Mnuchin's wife and Steve Mnuchin, you never had seen them before, you go, this woman's married to this man. What does he do for a living? You go, movie producer? <laughs> And Steve Bannon made a good chunk of his personal fortune off the TV show Seinfeld. That's right, Seinfeld. And here's how it happened. Steve Bannon was a Goldman Sachs guy. Then he moves out to Los Angeles, starts a boutique boutique financial services business, uh, packaging movie deals. So I write a movie, and Randy and Jim... Tina and Mike, you know, we all get together and uh, you throw in a little money and, you, and we're going to make this movie. And then we go to, and it looks like it's going to be a good deal. We get a good director that says he'll do it and a good star. And then you go to a financial packaging service that then helps you get investments to be able to get it off the ground. And then if it's a hit, you make a lot of money. They package up money from various investors for entertainment projects. He did the movie, he did the television packaging on Seinfeld. And when Seinfeld was sold in syndication, Steve began, Bannon became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire instead of a re- regular millionaire. And that's where you know that these guys are greedy. Because with all the money Steve Bannon has, with his ability to make money, he stole from people, good people, not people I agree with one darn bit, but a lot of good people who believe it's important to have a wall on the southern border who sent their money, working people, retired people, you know, people who drive a truck for a living, 
people on a fixed income, and they sent money to we build the wall. And they raised $25 million, and that son of a bitch siphoned it off. You know what? And that just gets my goat. You can tell it gets my goat because um, I kind of veered off of what I normally do here, which is uh, talk about uh, fun and uh, funny stuff because I need a distraction from all this too. But, um, man, I tell you what, I've got pretty good weasel radar, and there's a lot of weasels running around there right now. I just got, I just want to say, if you're, if you're my friend and you're a Republican, uh, and I have a lot of Republican friends, you got to you gotta vote this guy out of office now and reclaim your party and rebuild your party. I'll disagree with you. I'll fight with you. You know, I'll make fun of you. You'll fight with me. You'll make fun of me. But you got to rebuild your party because your party's gone, man. The Republican Party's gone. You know, you're just a wing of QAnon now. Jim Lacey says, uh, and all he got away with was about one million. So yes, to be a multimillionaire, you put your ass in the line for to make a, mil, a mere million is sheer greed. So yeah, so he, he siphoned a million dollars off of this. Look, if, if right now somebody. If UPS pulled at my door and there was a check for a million dollars, a legitimate, I'd be set. I'd be set. I'm not a greedy guy. I've had a lot of fun in my life. I'm having fun now. I like my life. If we had a million dollars. I'd probably still do this podcast, to be honest with you. But because uh, a million dollars, what the hell are you going to do with a million dollars in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> not a lot to do. There's just not a lot to do. Hell, half the countries, three quarters of the country in the world won't let us in. It's not like I could travel. So it's just, you know what? A thief is a thief is a thief is a thief. And even when you have all that money, still can't help but steal a little. I'm going to take just a little. He just, all Steve Bannon wanted to do was let them wet his beak. Now you watch. They'll come out and they'll go, oh, this is all politically motivated in. Uh, the most politically motivated people in the world always complain about people being politically motivated. This is politically motivated. Uh, Jim Lacey said, I sent you a little satire minutes ago on QAnon. You'll dig it. Um, I know some people kind of lean that way, you know, and they're pretty, um, they're pretty loopy. They, they believe all that loony shit. They believe it. They believe it in, in spite of a total lack of evidence. You can make up anything. You get it out of those QAnon people and they'll go, well, all you got to do is connect the dots. They're just drawing shit. You know, connect the dots. You know what? You know what? The people who say, all you got to do to connect the dots remind me of? They remind me of people who uh, were addicted to cocaine, who were out of cocaine, and they're crawling around on their carpet looking for white flecks to snort. So next time someone goes, all you got to do is connect the dots, go, you're like a cocaine addict looking for uh, chunks of cocaine on the floor. You're just crawling around looking for something that doesn't exist. And by the way, when you do find it, good and won't get you high. All right. Hey, uh, a couple things to tell you about. Um, this coming Tuesday, Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Uh, Arizona time, uh, we're doing a free comedy class. For those of you who are going, I gotta, I'm going nuts. I got to do something my creativity. You sit in Zoom meetings all damn day. And they're, look, I'm not saying it, it's... Uh, uh, you know, there's a fan on, and on YouTube, I can see there's like a book or something in the back, and it's like flopping. <laughs> Cheryl's going to move it. Um, you sit in Zoom meetings all day. You know, you're just burnt, burnt out. Man, I get it. I'm in Zoom, I'm in Zoom business meetings and, and other meetings all day. Okay. I want to tell you something. Zoom can be fun. Zoom can really be fun. 
Okay? There are people doing comedy shows on Zoom right now, and they're good. A lot of them are good. Look, some of them are not good because the performers aren't good or whatever. Performers are having a bad night. They're good. They're fun. They're live. They're immediate. They're real. All right? And we offer a workshop on Zoom. And man, you know what? It's fun, and you'll learn stuff. You truly will. Okay? I mean it. I've been doing this now for 20 years. Somebody goes, well, wait a minute. You started in uh, Arizona in uh, 2001. That's true. But I started in San Diego in 2000. I've been doing this for 20 years. We've had people go into a lot of great success, and a lot of people have a great time. A lot of people form lifelong friendships, connections uh, through our workshops, and we think that's so cool. And I'm going to offer you a free class this Tuesday, 6 p.m. Arizona time, 8 p.m. Central time, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's free. All you got to do to join, you don't have to do anything, man. Just pick up your phone, go to ComedySchools.com, and click the link this coming Tuesday, and I'm going to lay out a little one-hour program that tells you how you can take all those great ideas you have, and you've got them. You've got great ideas. You do. I know you do. You know you do. I, anybody I've ever told that I was remotely connected with showbiz at all, you know, I I had an idea that I thought would be good for a show, but that's as far as they get with it. Because they don't know how to write a show. They don't know how to stand in front of people and speak. They don't even know how to pitch an idea. So we'll get, we can show you how to do that. We can help you with that. And we'll do, get to do it for free this Tuesday at 6 p.m. I thought I would tell you about that, okay? Um, what time is it? How much time do I have? Okay. Um, here's something I want to show you, okay? I think this was the second bobblehead we ever shared with you on this show when we got into the uh, bobblehead portion of our knickknacks that we share. And here it is. That's James Dean. That is a James Dean bobblehead. That is an important bobblehead in the land. Of, there it is, James Dean. I know it's backwards on Facebook. Learn to be listexic. Uh, that's James Dean himself. Okay? And um, it's more than a bobblehead because James Dean was uh, iconic. James Dean changed American acting. James Dean probably changed American acting a little more than Marlon Brando. Okay? And this is uh, him in his Rebel Without a Cause get up. His re- Yo, we always think of James Dean like in a leather jacket, but he never wore a leather jacket. It was a, uh, uh, it was a red jacket in Rebel Without a Cause. Okay? Just a regular white T-shirt. Okay? Where he played an outsider. He only made three movies. James Dean only made three movies. East of Eden, Giant, Rebel Without a Cause. Did a little TV prior to that, but three movies. And still uh, lives on in the hearts and minds of people. Why does he live on probably longer and greater than Marlon Brando, who, in my estimation, was a superior uh, artist? Uh, they were both method acting guys. They both came from that school, the kind of new school of acting, come out of New York uh, at the end of World War II, uh, post-World War II America. Uh, Brando was a big, muscled, kind of menacing guy, okay? And James Dean was an androgynous-looking guy. And in that way, young people whose uh, uh, emotions are stronger and more vibrant because they're new really uh really 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 connect with james dean's persona and who he was in a movie like rebel without a cause so um if you've ever watched a james dean movie okay i i I don't know which of the three i would recommend i gotta recommend all three if you've never watched james dean sit down sometime and go i'm gonna watch these three films okay and they are uh East of Eden, Giant, and Rebel Without a Cause. And realize that that guy only made three films that we, and that we still know enough about him and still love him enough to make bobbleheads 
about him today. Great American actor. It's, you know what? He, he's, the, he's the standard for so many young actors. So many young actors want to be James Dean. You know, he, he changed American acting for good and for bad. Good because it made actors strive and try harder to bring uh, an emotional truth and authenticity and honesty to the screen. Bad because then a lot of actors just want to imitate James Dean, kind of walk around slouch with their hands in their pocket, cigarette hanging out of the side of their mouth. So, um, but he changed things and he will live on. He will live on. Uh, what else we got here? Anybody else got any? No comments on James Dean. Nothing from Randy about my bobbleheads. All right, we're only going to recommend one piece of uh, music today, but this piece of music has a lot of artists on them, and it's a CD. And I forget where I got this or when I got it, but it's one of those CDs where you get a lot of wonderful people uh, all in one spot. And it is a, um, I think it's a three, yeah, it's a three CD disc collection. This is the Rolling Stones, Women in Rock, the Women in Rock collection. So the magazine Rolling Stone, back when it was a great magazine, it is not anymore. I'm really sad to say Jan Weber sold it, and I, I don't know what they're trying to do with it, but uh, even the great political, hard-hitting political uh, reporting they once did is uh, uh, weak and thin right now. Uh, that's okay. That happens. You know, there's other places to uh, read uh, Matt Tabai and all that, but, you know, the days of a Hunter Thompson, you know, uh, bubbling up out of a out of a little magazine, you know, in a, uh, uh, in a walk-up in San Francisco. It is not that magazine any longer. But they did a rock music collection, and this is it, and it's Women in Rock. So here's, man, I don't have time to read you all the great people on here, but they start out with Big Mama Thornton, okay, doing Hound Dog, all right? And uh, here's the great thing, Hound Dog... Elvis Presley's, one of his first big hits was That's All Right, Mama, but the one that really put him over the top was Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. And everybody was sure that uh, this was um, Negro music, black music, a race record. Um, and oddly enough, it was written by, um, I want to say it was Lieber and Stoller. I forget exactly, it may have been, but uh, two uh, Jewish kids who were songwriters wrote it for Big Mama Thornton. Big Mama Thornton was just one of those great blues wailers. And uh, she belted it out. And I urge you to uh, YouTube that, man. YouTube Big Mama Thornton doing Hound Dog. Etta James on, is on here doing Tell Mama. Patsy Klein's on here doing Crazy. The Shangri-Las doing Remember When We Walked in the Sand. Martha and the Vandellas doing Dancing in the Streets. How good was Dancing in the Streets? How fun was that? The Grateful Dead immediately put it into their, uh, uh, into their repertoire in the uh, mid-60s. Dionne Warwick doing Walk On By. I always loved Dionne Warwick. All on one CD. Jefferson Airplane, Somebody to Love? Yes. The Jefferson Airplane were Grace, was Grace Slick right there at the beginning. Janis Joplin doing uh, Me and Bobby McGee, which was written by Chris Christopherson, who we've talked about often on this show. Dusty Springfield. We're going to stop there. We're going to come back to this one tomorrow. But, man, you want to hear a hot. Well put together record. You want to hear, you know, they said about Roy Arbitson that every one of his songs were a mini opera all rolled into three minutes. It's the same thing with uh, Dusty Springfield's uh, uh, Son of a Preacher Man. What a great tune. What a great tune. If you want to hear something that's going to stick with you, if you want to hear music going to stick to the ribs, you want to dust off 
Dusty Springfield, son of a preacher man. That is a stunningly good record. Every record I mentioned here, every artist, Big Mama Thornton, Etta James, Patsy Cline, The Shangri-Las, Martha Vandellas, Diana Ross, and The Supremes, Dion Warwick. Oh, I didn't know if I mentioned them. They're doing Stop in the Name of Love here. Uh, how did I skip this? The Velvet Underground with Nico. When they had the girl singer Nico. Uh, I'll Be Your Mirror. Okay, uh, and uh, Aretha Franklin doing Chain of F Fools. Chain, chain, chain. And uh, yeah, and the Dusty Springfield doing Son of a Preacher Man. You want to listen to something that you go, I'm going to listen to that again. That's the kind of song that if you were listening to it on an album, if you had it on a 45 and you brought it home and you had that little skinny 45 record player, that's all you could afford, that's all you had, and you saved your pennies and you got your 99 cents together and you went down to the local five and dime where they had a record section and you got that 45, you got that 45, you put it on, as soon as you listen to it, you put that needle down and you listen, as soon as it's done, you pick it up and play it again. As soon as it's done, you pick it up and you play it again. Okay? Because that was a song that young boys and young girls could both relate to. Both relate to, because it was about love and it was a little bit about forbidden love and it was about forbidden love making it just a little bit sweeter. The only boy that could ever reach me. Was the son of a preacher, man. Jim Lacey offers some inside information here. Uh, Aretha, that is Aretha Franklin, ladies and gentlemen, was offered son of a preacher, man, first and turned it down. D Dusty jumped all over it. Thank goodness. Yes, that's true. And uh, later on, many years later, we found out that given a chance, Dusty would have jumped all over Aretha as well. So, <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I'll take it. Pretty good show today. I showed you a bobblehead. You got your bobblehead fixed, okay? Tomorrow, Clippers take Dallas by five. Or is it Saturday, the next time they play? Maybe it's Saturday, okay? That's my prediction, okay? My prediction is we're going to see more, more soldiers fall. You know, it's not Republicans. It's this right-wing cabal that took over the Republican Party, Okay? That's what we're up against, man. And they, you know, like, like a healthy man or woman who rides a bicycle 20 miles a day and does yoga and aerobics and takes care of themselves, if a cancer gets a hold of one little part of the body, it can destroy the whole body. There's a cancer on the Republican Party. Let's remove it. I want to go back to fighting about local and state and national. Should it be a local, state, or national issue? Let's go back to fighting about that. Let's get the Republican Party back to what it was when it was an anti-segregation party. Let's get it back to that. Got to get rid of these. You got to get rid of these hustlers, these hustlers and cons that have taken over. That's all. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time. Thank you for watching and listening to Living on a Thin Line. Bye bye.